and um, we're going to go into the Law of One, Session 30. And so we're moving right along. Uh, session 30 was received February 24, 1981, nearly, exactly, 33, 34 years before today. Um, this is a moderate session, moderate in length. Um, we're pulling out at last from the long discussion on cosmology, astronomy, physics, metaphysics, the nature of light or the nature of logoic intention in generating light so that there become octaves, the difference between intelligent infinity and intelligent energy and logos and sublogos and sub-sublogos. So we're coming down to matters of more personal relevance generally. Uh, but there will be some brief discussion of astronomy and the solar system towards the end of this session. So this is the re-listened version. Um, Raw begins um, 30, session 30.0 with the greeting, I am Ra. I greet you in the love and in the light of the one infinite creator. We communicate now. And... Um, Don makes a statement at 30.1 that Ra indicates is correct until the final phrase. And so bear in mind, I'll read his uh, statement and bear in mind that the last thing he talks about in terms of um, polarity, uh, the last comment is wrong or off and the rest of it is substantially correct. So Don says... Creation is a single entity or unity. If only a single entity exists, then, then the only concept of service is service to self. Here we go. If this single entity subdivides, then the concept of service of one of its parts to the other is born. So from this concept springs the equality of service to self or to others. It would seem that as the logo subdivided, parts would select each orientation. Uh, as individualized entities emerge in space-time, then I assume that they have polarity. Is it correct? Frankly, I would, I would savage this statement. <laughs> and so I don't think it's much correct because it's um, uh, very conceptually um, uh, uns unsubtle. Actually, creation is, yes, a single life, with a capital L, born of uh, infinite unity, unified infinity, as the basis of life. The source of life is intelligent infinity, unified infinity, infinity itself, which is uh, infinitely aware. That gives rise to a unified manifestation we call creation, whose nature is life with a capital L. That then gives rise to light, which gives rise then to energy consciousness. Uh, he's saying that by this unity beingness, there's only a concept of service to self. And that's, I would, I, I, frankly, I don't like his comment because... Before there's duality, you can't say even self or other. It's not very sophisticated, frankly, here. Uh, so anyway, I wouldn't, 
I would not recommend one to follow his statement whatsoever. But Ross says, your statement is quite perceptive and correct until the final phrase on which we note that the polarities begin to be explored only at the point when a third density entity becomes aware of the possibility of choice between, between the concept or distortion of service to self or service to others. This marks the end of what you may call the unself-conscious or innocent phase of conscious awareness. <laughs> Lots of troublesome words here. Um, polarity is born by the distortion in mind in third density, physical, uh, 3D space-time, mind, uh, believing that self and other are really two distinct and separate entities. Believing in duality or dualistic consciousness. Uh, leads us to believe that self and other are essentially separate uh, dual objects. That leads, that's the deluded 3D mind or dual, dual consciousness, duality consciousness, subject-object. That leads to the perception of the belief that there may be a choice between uh, action that is of benefit to both or action that is of benefit to only the perceived separate self. That's the origination of the, the potential for the two paths. Service to other is service to all. Service to other is actually not exclusive of service to self or benefit to self. So service, you know, you see, this is the problem baby, uh, late six-density groups that evolved love over wisdom have a wisdom problem. Yep, they do. And so even the terminology service to self, service to other is problematic from my view. Why? Because, yeah, sure, service is action. Action is service. Seeking is service. Ra has made the equation. Seeking equals service. They didn't say it that way, but they said, you know, seeking or by service, <clears throat> implying the equality or, or identity of seeking and service. So seeking is basically choosing. And by all choice, um, we are manifesting, we're expressing ourselves further. Uh, we're self-expressing or expressing by the act of choosing. And that self-expression or expression is a form of service to all or offering. Service equals offering. Seeking is a form of offering by the projection or manifestation or expression of the inner to the outer or the so-called self to the so-called environment. So choosing is a form of expression, which is a form of seeking, which is uh, the heart or the nature of service. Service to the positive path or positive polarization, so-called service to other, is actually seeking that which uh, is of benefit to all. It's not service to other exclusive of service to self in the sense that I help you and I don't help me. It's basically seeking on the way of love, truth, and, and seeking unity with some sense of unity, seeking wholeness, um, of benefit to all. Service to self 
is basically coming from the view that this one here, the so-called self, is important to the exclusion of the value of others. That this self here is important and the so-called other selves there are not. Therefore, uh, that one goes on without love. And so the choice of orientation occurs when there's the awareness, the perception or belief in duality, separation of so-called self and so-called other in 3D space-time. And so the end of unself-consciousness is actually the end of uh, the self-awareness, self-consciousness of 3D uh, under a veiled mind, with veiled, hello, nice big butterfly said hello, uh, with the veiled mind of 3D physical, 3D space-time uh, entities believe that self and other are uh, separate subjects or objects. They make a subject-object out of the perception of two bodies, my body here and your body there, and your mind there and my mind here, or me here, you there. From that perception and belief in it comes um, a sense that there's a choice. And ultimately the choice is with love or without, benefit to all or not, uh, service to other, which is really service to all, is um, self-interest, no doubt, meaning the person wants to do that. I want um, to be of benefit to all or be in honesty and kindness. I want it for me and you, but primarily for me. So you can say it's service to self, but that's the problem with those terms. <laughs> the reality is seeking with love or seeking without love. Seeking love and truth or seeking power and control exclusively, irregardless of respect for love and truth. Those are the two paths. But just as Ross said, the ending of the innocent phase, that's exactly what William Blake, the poet, um, who's now writing in blood in the movie Dead Man, Johnny Depp, uh, excellent, excellent movie, Dead Man. Um, William Blake, the poet, understood three phases of development called innocence, experience, and higher innocence. And so the end of the phase of innocence very much is the phase of experience associated with um, kicked out of the Garden of Eden or the Edenic condition of mind of non-duality, where um, all is one is known intimately, um, plainly, and uh, there is no possibility of, uh, of a service to self path or a negative path or even polarity the, the, the two of polarity doesn't exist either so anyway uh, be careful of um, unsophisticated uh, explanations of polarity 30.2 now we get into something that's a little bit more relevant uh, for a personal process or transformation of our self here sense of self here. Don asks, would you define mind, body, and spirit separately? Ra, being accurate, says, these terms are all simplistic, descriptive terms 
which equal a complex of energy focuses. The body, as you call it, being the material of the density which you experience at a given space-time or time-space, this complex of materials being available for distortions of what you would call physical manifestation. The mind is a complex which reflects the inpourings of the spirit and the uppourings of the body complex. It contains what you know as feelings, emotions, and intellectual thoughts in its more conscious complexities. <clears throat> Moving further down the tree of mind, we see the intuition, which is of the nature of the mind more in contact or in tune with the total beingness complex. Moving down to the roots of mind, we find the progression of consciousness which gradually turns from the personal to the racial memory to the cosmic influxes and thus becomes a direct contactor of that shuttle which we call the spirit complex. Then, the spirit complex is the channel whereby the inpourings from all of the various universal, planetary, and personal inpourings may be funneled into the roots of consciousness and whereby consciousness may be funneled to the gateway of intelligent infinity through the balanced intelligent energy of body and mind. You will see by this series of definitive statements that mind, body, and spirit are inextricably intertwined and cannot continue one without the other. Thus, we will refer to the mind-body-spirit complex rather than attempting to deal with them separately, for the work, shall we say, that you do during your experiences is done through the interaction of these three components, not through any one, and in brackets, uh, exclusively. Not through any one exclusively. All that we do is a combined uh, interplay of uh, the energy foci of body, mind, spirit. And this, uh, you know, now we get to the, we're getting close to the basis and the heart of the healing, teachings on healing and balance. What is mind? What is body? What is spirit? Um, and let's see how long it takes for me to unpack this a bit. Body, the material of the density, 3D biochemical, um, 3D um, uh, material you know, uh, physical of the four elements formed into biochemicals, molecules. Uh, this is associated with the 3D yellow ray shell, third density or third chakra, third ray, third chakra, yellow ray shell or physical biochemical body, uh, which we can experience first in space-time, meaning physical, and then also time-space and so there is the subtle aspect of the yellow ray body, which is the astral body. And so from this metaphysics, which is very tight, um, the astral body, which means the astral energy form used out of body after death um, in the ghost's world uh, and the different levels of astral activity, is a yellow ray uh, body, but a, uh, it's different than the physical, obviously. So, uh, the material of the density uh, is, you know, the elemental molecules that form the biochemistry of the physical form, obviously. 
and they are available for distortions of what you call physical manifestation. And so the elements are available, and they're fashioned by the inner, called energy, complexes. So the indigo body, indigo six-ray energy field or body, called the form-maker body, that energy field of the indigo or of the etheric, it's actually the etheric body energy field associated with six-ray indigo as the form-maker body, um, is the basis of the physical outer uh, flesh biochemical body. And so inner gives rise to outer, and um, physical manifestation itself is a distortion. I mean, everything other than, you know, <laughs> the pre uh, manifestation, uh, the pre, everything that's uh, post manifestation of light can be called a distortion because it's uh, vibratory and uh, distinct from, you know, uh, absolute undifferentiated unity. But um, the, we take physical manifestation, obviously, in body, but the astral body is not much different than the physical in, in many ways. It's not fourth density. Mind, also a complex, meaning it's not a unified uh, energy field, it reflects two things. One, the inpourings of spirit, um, and two, the uppourings or uh, in incoming from body complex. Now, if we, uh, in a simplistic way, understand that the chakras primarily associated with mind are fourth and fifth, the blue-green center, we may see mind as, uh, in the linear columnar way, between higher level chakras six and seven related to spirit complex and lower first, second, third chakras below the diaphragm related to body complex. This is a simple way, but it's useful. Uh, body complex chakras primarily being one, two, three. Mind complex chakras primarily being four, five. Spirit complex chakras being primarily six, seven. Uh, so we have torso of mind, body, and head of spirit. Body um, below, spirit above, mind in the middle. Mind in the middle reflects, and that's actually also literal. It does reflect as light reflective, uh, as a light reflecting process. <clears throat> mind, uh, we can say again, as... Uh, a unified or a combined energy field primarily related to fourth, fifth chakra, if we use that. That's not the only way of looking at it, but that's useful. That fourth, fifth chakra complex receives energetics coming up from one, two, three, and coming down from six, seven. Inpourings of spirit from above, head, and uh, body complex, one, two, three, from below. Uh, of course, uh, body-mind-spirit complex is multidimensional and not linear. It's spherical and ultimately, uh, you know, uh, far greater than dimensions we can perceive or imagine. And so we're talking about changes in actually intelligent energy. The distinction in terms of body energetics associated with first, second, third chakras or physical complex being um, being particular frequencies of intelligent energy, distinct from the frequencies of light, right, being associated with uh, spirit complex or mind complex. So we don't, we, 
we can look at it in a linear way as the seven chakras. We can look at it in a more subtle metaphysical way as um, distinctions in quality of intelligent energy vibration. Intelligent energy being light. <laughs> okay, so I'm uh, addressing my critics before they formulate their criticism. So, mind contains what you know as of feelings, emotions, and intellectual thoughts in its more conscious complexities, uh, compared to the Buddhist understanding of the five skandhas, five skandhas or heaps, <clears throat> being that which is taken as self, wrongly, uh, starting with form and feelings, body and sensations in body, then perceptions, then um, volitional compounds or fermentations or thought conceptualization, imaginings, uh, being the fourth skanda, and then consciousness uh, as the fifth. Mind may be considered uh, as that which perceives body, that which perceives sensations, that which perceives thought, and even consciousness itself, that which is conscious of those perceptions, and that which formulates those perceptions and that consciousness. And so, um, mind is the sentient function <clears throat> and we experience sentience as what we call feelings, emotions, and intellectual thoughts. And those are just the conscious manifestations. Down further in the tree of mind, and that's a useful analogy, we see the personal unconscious, which we call intuition. Um, I just knew that. How? By intuition. How? By access between conscious mind and subconscious. In exactly the same way as Ra described the interplay between Matrix of Mind, Magician, Card 1, and Potentiator of Mind, High Priestess, Card 2, in Tarot, Major Arcana. That uh, into intuitive function is the manifestation of the interplay between conscious mind and unconscious, or personal unconscious, and deeper levels of unconscious, which is Potentiator of Mind, uh, interfacing or plunging into the uh, the mat excuse me matrix of mind, plunging into the potentiator or the potentials uh, of mind that are as yet unconscious, and so going to beyond below the conscious mind, we have the personal unconscious, which um, manifests what we call intuition, which shows the mind more in contact or in tune or resonant tune like a, a tone poem, like musical resonance, with the total beingness complex, which it means higher self. So beingness complex is uh, a phrase used to describe the higher self, self, which is late sixth density, which is the beingness complex, or awareness of unity, uh, but not yet complete and perfect enlightenment. It's basically awareness that uh, views of duality are all false. And there's an excellent but not perfect, clearly, uh, excellent but not perfect balance of love-wisdom or the forces of radiation of magnetism, which is the primary yang-yin, uh, the two ways that light uh, act activates or the, the, pol the intrinsic polarity of light itself. <coughs> and so... Uh, further down into what's called mind, uh, there is what Ra calling the progression of consciousness, gradually turning from the personal 
to the racial memory, then to cosmic influxes, and then uh, becomes a direct contactor or the the uh, <laughs> the mouth of the bridge, uh, direct contactor of the shuttle called the spirit complex. So the spirit complex we may we call a bridge. In fact, we may even call the sixth and seventh chakras themselves bridges or a unified the light in the head. Let's say this is again. There are many ways to talk about this. One way is that the light in the head, the unified uh, energy fields of six and seven, establish uh, themselves a bridge <clears throat> or a shuttle, while one end is uh, what Ra calling the direct contactor of that shuttle, meaning the deepest level of mind from the conscious through the personal unconscious, out of the personal to the racial, out of the racial planet, which is planetary to the cosmic or the uh, you know galactic neighborhood <clears throat> the energetics and 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 aspects of consciousness down to um, actually what goes beyond the octave what goes beyond the octave is um, contacted at the deepest level of mind uh, that is then in touch with the spirit complex which itself is a shuttle or a bridge and Ra explains that the spirit complex, and again, you can think of this as the unified six, seven chakra light in the head. The spirit complex is a channel itself, whereby inpourings from the other end of the bridge, from the mouth of from the mouth of eight density into the mouth in six density, or you can say, the one end of the shuttle, in my limited view, one end of the shuttle is eighth density and the other comes out in six chakra. Uh, <clears throat> spirit complex is a channel whereby inpourings from all various universal, planetary, and personal inpourings may be funneled into the roots of consciousness and whereby consciousness may be funneled to the gateway of intelligent infinity through the balanced intelligent energy of energy in balanced intelligent energy of body and mind. <clears throat> so you see this is very hardcore. Uh, so we're seeing that the spirit complex itself is a shuttle or a bridge. Uh, on the one hand, you have the personal, um, the person, you know, the fully integrated body-mind, which includes the uh, cosmic two. Uh, and so Ra is basically saying from the spirit complex down, we're seeing that the spirit complex um, receives energy complexes of the combined universal planetary racial. See, the, the universal means cosmic influxes coming to mind. Planetary means racial memory in mind. Personal outpourings mean inpourings come from the personal subconscious and the conscious mind. So, the, the combination or mixture of the personal inpourings from conscious mind and subconscious, which is like intuition, more in touch with one's total beingness, blended with the planetary, which is the racial memory, blended with the universal or cosmic influxes, that is all that comes up through the fully perfected mind-body into the spirit complex on one end. 
Then, on the other end, uh, <clears throat> we find uh, the gateway to intelligent infinity or the, or the bridge to eighth density. And so, the spirit complex uh, is a channel. The inpourings, the combined, mixed, or blended inpourings from cosmic, universal, racial, planetary, and personal, being subconscious and conscious, may be funneled to the roots of consciousness. Um, it's basically the link between the roots of consciousness uh, and the infinite. And there whereby uh, the unified consciousness, uh, with all those, those elements included, uh, can be funneled or joined with or access to uh, gateway to intelligent infinity. And that goes through balanced intelligent energy quality of the indigo body. The indigo body, uh, etheric body, form maker body, is uh, what's called intelligent energy, which is the first manifestation of the logos. Uh, and so you've got <clears throat> the uh, unified uh, combined energetics uh, of mind from personal conscious and unconscious, and racial, and cosmic universal, uh, moving up to six chakra, where um, the six chakra is in many ways the bridge to the gateway <laughs> to intelligent infinity, or six chakra can be called the mouth, the um, this side uh, entrance to the bridge, while the other side entrance to the bridge or exit if we're coming up and out is eighth density which is uh, you know intelligent infinity so uh, we can talk more about that but you can see that uh, the mind contains <laughs> all uh, all things but all levels of perception and conception and consciousness from the personal through the racial to the planetary universal and cosmic and then that <clears throat> um, that blends or um, that becomes you know that that is basically fed into balanced intelligent energy of body mind uh, associated with six chakra, which then uh, makes contact with the gateway to infinity, um, which is very much the seventh chakra matter, and so there's that which um, uh, achieves uh, stabilized uh, six chakra development and then um, uses that as a platform through seventh chakra or to seventh chakra which itself is really not separate from eighth density uh, to make contact with intelligent infinity. And Ross says again then uh, body, mind, body, spirit are inextricably intertwined and they can't continue one without the other. So yes, of course, we cannot say these chakras are only body or these are only mind or spirit. Uh, all chakras have seven subplanes and so on and so on. <clears throat> all chakras have um, a relation to body, mind, and spirit simultaneously, uh, but some are more associated with mind, with body, mind, or spirit. So, uh, that's an introduction. <laughs> and Ra will explicate it. But you see that, you know, 
to whatever extent what I said was just true, you've got to figure that out yourself, uh, it's impossible for Ra to explain that to Don on the fly. And it's pretty much impossible for anybody uh, outside, you know, people who've been studying this for years to even formulate it in such specificity. I mean, it took me years to figure these things out, and I hardly know them at all now. I know just a glimpse of it. This is all I, whatever I say is just a tiny, tiny bit of the reality. So, you know, <laughs> it's, it's assumed that the raw material is a first pass of advanced metaphysics. It's the first, it's a first pass of advanced metaphysics. It's not the totality, and deeper levels are um, awaiting, and other sources have presented deeper levels. Uh, meanwhile, this is a valuable source too. So, now, finally, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> go to 33, and we kind of, 30.3, and we move into questions about death. As you see, Don didn't do anything with um, 30.2 because uh, he had other questions to ask. And it's also pretty, pretty um, in-depth. He goes on in some great questions about death. Upon our physical death, as we call it, from this particular density and this particular incarnative experience, we lose this chemical body. Immediately after loss of the chemical body, do we, do we maintain a different type of body? Is there still a mind-body-spirit complex at that point? Ross said this is correct, which I assume means yes, we maintain another type of body, and yes, there is still mind-body complex, of course, after death. Ra explains the mind-body-spirit complex is quite intact. The physical body complex you now associate with the term body being but manifestation of a more dense or intel and uh, intelligently informed and powerful body complex. <clears throat> um, what a difficult way of phrasing this. Um, Body, mind, spirit complex as a whole remains. Uh, the physical body complex you now associate with the term body, uh, uh, the yellow ray shell obviously falls away, <clears throat> but uh, at that stage after death, what we call body, what's called body, which is an astral body and ultimately indigo ray body, um, is a manifestation of a more dense and intelligently informed and powerful body complex, which is basically <clears throat> um, body, you know, the, the uh, truer body, uh, an energy body, or what we commonly call a light body, uh, that is more densely packed uh, energetically than the physical biochemical body. Uh, going on, Another question about death, 30.4, which is a good question, too. Don says, is there any loss to the mind or the spirit after this transition we call death, or any impairment of either, meaning mind or spirit, because of the loss of the biochemical or the chemical body we now have? Excellent question. Ross says, in your terms, there is a great loss of mind complex, meaning loss to the mind complex, due to the fact that much of the activity of a mental nature of which you are aware during the experience of this space-time continuum, physical life, is as much of a surface illusion as the chemical body complex. <laughs> In other terms, nothing whatsoever, nothing whatever of importance is lost. The character, or shall we say, pure distillation of emotions and biases or distortions and wisdoms, if you will, becoming obvious for the first time, shall we say, 
these pure emotions and wisdoms and biased distortions being, for the most part, either ignored or underestimated during physical life experience. In terms of the spiritual, this channel is then much opened due to the lack of necessity for the forgetting characteristic of third density. So the, <clears throat> the uh, CPU drain <laughs> on mind by the imposition and maintenance of the veil in mind in 3D space-time associated with having a body is no longer draining the CPU or the uh, deep mind or um, the spirit complex uh, is not being limited by the maintenance of this artificial barrier or uh, baffling in mind after death. <clears throat> and so the veil is gone. However, as we see in people's near-death experience, uh, it's not like when you die you become a Buddha or you become omniscient. Uh, it's simply that the spirit complex is much more available and open uh, to infinity, but also to higher self-access uh, or related to higher self-access after death. And that's why there is the life review. Um, and the healing is actually the initial phase of life review. And then uh, there's life review, and then there's uh, preparation for the next incarnation. So <clears throat> Ra is explaining that in terms of loss, relation to mind, uh, because most people, uh, most, most activity uh, that most people are engaged in, in their life, in their body, is very shallow, is, a, is akin to a surface illusion, as a much illusory as physical body, uh, <clears throat> there's a lot of loss for a lot of people of the uh, shallow body-oriented thinking that they were um, producing through much of their life. However, in a deeper way, uh, or for deeper levels of mind, or for the person who is uh, comfortable in deeper levels of mind, uh, there's actually a gain in mind, so-called gain, or an experience of expansion or deepening, because there's the experiencing of pure distillation of emotions, biases, um, wisdoms. So uh, deep feeling is experienced associated with love, you know, but there may be sorrow. The angels may feel sorrow. Um, when Howard Storm was reviewing portions of his life where he had harmed others, the angels felt sorrow. I call them angels. I don't think he knew who they were. Um, they felt sorrow, which is basically heart pain. They also felt joy at the moments when he uh, manifest love. These can be called pure emotions, wisdoms, pure wisdoms, which is basically, you know, Whatever um, thoughts, <clears throat> conceptualizations, are associated with the greater truths, like the truth of um, the knowing that one has completed one's incarnation successfully, meaning one has accomplished what one has sought to do, had sought to do before the incarnation, that would be known clearly post-incarnation. Likewise, if one had um, basically ended up with a failing grade, like they gave themselves catalysts to get out of, you know, selfish patterns and they didn't, 
that would be known quite clearly. So you will, yes, strongly experience your mind deeply post-death after the shedding of the body. That's why Gautama said that the negatives don't care for their future life. They don't care for their future well-being because they have no inkling what they're going to face on the other side, which is basically the pain in their mind, the violence, the deception um, that they've been developing through the Incarnation. <clears throat> but there is contact with a purity and distilled mind process that for most people is uh, not much experienced during Incarnation for the most part, either ignored or underestimated during physical life experience. And finally, uh, again, um, the channel or access to sixth chakra, seventh chakra interplay is greater, greatly enhanced post-death. But again, if the mind is um, very immature and less developed, then they can't make use of it. So just because spirit complex is or channel is more open doesn't mean the person can get it or access it, or receive it to mind. Going on, back to evolution. Um, Don says 30.5, I'd like to know how the mind-body-spirit complexes originate. That's a heavy question. How, going back as far as necessary, do they originate? How for? How do they originate? Do they originate by spirit-forming mind and mind-forming body? Can you tell me this? This is very deep. Ross says, we ask you to consider that you're attempting to trace evolution. <laughs> this evolution is as we have previously described. The consciousness being first, in first density, without movement, a random thing. This is the elementals, or elements. Whether you may call this mind or body complex is a semantic problem of words only. We call it mind-body complex recognizing always that in the simplest iota of this complex exists in its entirety the one infinite creator. This mind-body complex, then in second density, discovering the growing and turning towards the light, thus awakening what you may call the spirit complex, that which intensifies the upward spiraling light, or the upward spiraling towards the love and light of the infinite creator. The addition of the spirit complex Though apparent rather than real, bing, 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 that's very serious. That's really saying that consciousness is born of ignorance. <clears throat> and um, even sentience is a distortion of the law of one. <clears throat> the addition of the spirit complex, though apparent rather than real, it having existed potentially from the beginning of space-time, fits or perfect perfects itself by graduation into third density, when the mind-body-spirit complex becomes aware of the possibility of service to self or other self, then the mind-body-spirit complex is activated uh, and the person polarizes and moves towards graduation out of 3D into the polarized higher dimensions, fourth, fifth, sixth dimensional life. So how does mind-body-spirit complex originate? <clears throat> it originates um, by uh, the elements in first density um, which Ra is called um, non-movement or a random thing, consciousness being first in first density, um, random, unmoving, uh, called by Ra mind-body complex, 
because um, the mind portion is basically uh, the one infinite creator being the essence of all. So uh, even in first density, when you have random non-movement um, leading to some kind of movement, I mean, first you have seems a random non-movement, then I think you have random movement. Uh, even that Ra's calling a mind-body complex, even though we may call it body, because what the heck kind of consciousness is going on there if it's random on moving, but Ra's saying that, you know, uh, Ra said, uh, in, in each infinitesimal part of yourself resides the one infinite creator and all its power. So, in each infinitesimal part of yourself, or sense of a part of a sense of a self, resides or is the one infinite creator in its in in its totality so you see language is um, is very dualizing it comes from assumption of duality and further reinforces our belief in duality this is why you know great teachers don't talk too much and they just laugh when you may or or smile or whatever but um, are sparing with words to not further confuse the confused by further strengthening belief in the illusion of apparent duality, which is very um, strength, much strengthened by conceptualization, linguistic and semantic activity. And so uh, the adept or the arahant is beyond naming activity themselves that one and one may not use naming activity to describe their nature um, and that's the true nature of everyone you see it's just that they know it they're realizing it what the what the arahant knows is the reality that everyone else doesn't know for themselves yet <laughs> it's the same reality it's not that they got something we don't got they just see uh, our reality now as we don't see it yet now. Whether you call it mind or body is semantic. <clears throat> Be careful of semantics. Uh, in, in first density, elemental form, elements, yes, yeah, sure, of course, uh, it exists in its entirety, one infinite creator, you know, like Ra's practices. Uh, look in the mirror, see the creator. Look at another self, see the creator. Look at the objects around you, see the creator. The moment contains love. Uh, all is uh, the shimmering light consciousness of the one infinite. Of course. And so then, that from that first dimensional condition, we move to second density, beginning or discovering uh, processes called growing, called growth. Uh, discovering the growing and turning towards the light, meaning an intentionality uh, in second density beings, particularly, you know, plant and animal. Uh, intention Minerals have intentionality too, you know, because they have a growth process, change process uh, by time, what appears as time. So the growth process beginning in second density is associated primarily with plants and animals, but minerals too. That represents turning towards the light. That represents or is an awakening, beginning of this awakening of spirit complex. And spirit complex itself intensifies the upward spiraling or continued soul progression or entity development, development of sentient light itself. 
towards uh, self-perfection or the light, love light of the infinite creator, <clears throat> or uh, infinite love light, or infinite source, uh, all of, of light. <laughs> so then this addition of spirit complex, though apparent rather than real, begins in second density, sort of. Mm, the point is actually that <clears throat> um, uh, the beginning activation of sphere complex begins in late second density, maybe 2.6. And uh, spirit complex is perfected, uh, it perfects itself by its graduation to third density, then the human level we manifest mind-body-spirit complex. Uh, this addition is apparent rather than real, it's experienced, but it's not a real addition because Ross says it, have ex it existed potentially from the beginning of space-time, or um, it's a potential of um, light itself, the, the function of light to uh, perfect itself or upward spiral. The spirit complex even itself is not even a thing. It's basically a tendency of intelligent energy itself. So if you really want to blow circuits, you can understand that what takes appearance as body and what takes appearance as mind and what takes appearance as spirit are really three different tendencies of intelligent energy itself in the triad, you see, in the prism before the seven. Um, that tri the, the triadic prism that gives rise, that interplays <clears throat> or is the interface through which the one light or the one source mind uh, in, you know, infinite will, uh, the origin of light being the action of free will upon love. That free will upon love, infinite free will, infinite love, giving rise to light, um, actually, first, before it manifests as seven, it, inter it goes through the three, the three principles, right? The law of free will, law of love, law of light. Before the seven rays, that triadic nature that that transmutes the one to the seven is manifest as the three principles of spirit, mind, body complex. And so there actually isn't even a thing or an energy field. We may say that there are energy fields, <clears throat> but the essence of the three energy fields associated with body, mind, spirit are the three properties of intelligent energy itself on its way to the seven or the three properties of the seven um, as manifesting its one, its unity, which is basically foundation um, interplay and or foundation uh, sentience and, um, and refinement. <clears throat> foundation body, sentience mind, uh, and refinement or upward spiraling or spiraling uh, spirit. This is, uh, you know, dinner entertainment. <clears throat> so, um, but these, these things, you know, you can really go far with these kinds of elaborations uh, because it really, you know, the, the 137 and when 1372, um, you know, really is the way um, light is manifest in uh, cosmic numerical um, progression. Okay. 
<clears throat> uh, we're obviously not going to finish this whole session today, but we'll do a few more. 30.6, Don says, I don't want to cover ground we covered before, but helpful to restate, dot, 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 dot. By the way, and we go down to a much simpler issue. <clears throat> um, oh, I forgot to add that in 30.5, Ra's final comment is that in third density, when this mind-body-spirit complex or greaterly, greater activated spirit complex of the human in 3D than the animal in 2D or plant, when that, when that complex or us becomes aware of the possibility of what Ra's called service to self, service to other self, which really means uh, in, uh, holistic intention or separative intention. Holistic intention, intention um, that seeks holism, or seeks one, or seeks um, seeks a, a balance of all elements, <clears throat> which we call service to other, or service to all, or path of love unity, <clears throat> or the opposite intention being separative, service to self, negative path, path of you know separation and control. <clears throat> when then the being at the human level in 3D, space-time actually, uh, realizes that that choice exists or imagines, <laughs> perceives that uh, choice, then uh, that being, um, then you have a, a fuller manifestation. Then they say, Ross says, then the mind-body-spirit complex is activated. So when the, <laughs> when the mind-body-spirit complex or the human uh, of those energy, that triadic energy field or complex realizes that type of choice exists, then um, there's activation. So Ra's indicating that there's recognizing that choice that we call moral polarity um, represents what Ra's calling an activation or uh, the mind-body-spirit complex being activated. <clears throat> and that's uh, activating, in a sense, its integrated nature, mind-body-spirit complex integration. Okay, what about dinosaurs? Don wonders. Uh, uh, during on the planet during second density, he says he believes there was habitation at the same time space of bipedal entities, humans and dinosaurs. Correct, Rod says it's correct. Rod Don goes on. These two types of entities seem to be incompatible with each other, meaning humans and dinosaurs. Can you tell me the reason behind both types of entities inhabiting the same space-time, meaning the same time on planet Earth? <clears throat> Ross said, consider the workings of free will as applied to evolution. There are paths that the mind-body complex follows in an attempt to survive, to reproduce, and to seek in its fashion that which is unconsciously felt as the potential for growth these two arenas or paths of development <clears throat> being two among many. <laughs> so, the human line, the dinosaur line, <clears throat> mind-body complex, uh, beings in second density, and uh, then mind-body-spirit in third density, uh, have an attempt to survive, then reproduce, and then seek what they feel unconsciously as growth, seeking growth. Seek in its fashion that which is unconsciously felt as potential for growth. <clears throat> and so that's what distinguishes second density life from first, is 
the um, impulse and response to impulse to a seeking of growth. Growth what? Well, that, that actually is uh, reproduction <clears throat> and, and eventually uh, social complex building, uh, socialization of higher animals and plants, you know, a grove of redwoods. There, therein lie, therein is a community, actually. So <clears throat> the two arenas or paths of development being two among many, um, it just happened that that's the, you know, the, the free will development of evolution on planet Earth. Okay, <clears throat> 30.8, and um, we will go to uh, just a couple more <clears throat> about second density. 30.9, Don says, in second density, the concept of bisexual reproduction first originates. Yes, it's correct, Ross says. So in 2D, bisexual reproduction begins. What's the philosophy behind the mechanism of propagation of body complex, meaning reproduction by bisexual uh, interplay? What's the philosophy? And there is philosophy behind it. <clears throat> and Ra explains second density is one in which the groundwork is being laid for third density work. In this way, it may be seen that the basic mechanisms of reproduction capitulate into a vast potential in third density for service to other self or to self. This being not only by the functions of energy transfer, meaning sexual energy transfers, but also the various services performed due to the close contact of those who are, shall we say, magnetically attracted one to the other, uh, these entities being male-female. These entities thus having opportunities for many types of service, which would be unavailable to the independent entity or the monk in the woods. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> in second density, groundwork is being laid for third density work, which means soul progression evolution in third density at the human level. Many actually basic mechanisms in third density in second density or patterns in second density carry over to three. Um, primary among them, I'd say, is mechanism are the mechanisms of reproduction, bisexual, a male and a female joining in some way, uh, becoming in 3D a vast potential or field in which uh, moral polarization may develop to paths of service. By the way those beings in gender distinct bodies interwork, interplay with each other in a positive way, in a negative way, with love or without, and in the complexity of choice. Not only Ra is saying that the, this polarization, which is really moral polarization in 3D related to bisexual reproduction or relationship of male-female, uh, not only by uh, the service aspects or potentials are not only those of sexual energy transfers, which we'll get into later, but also various uh, services performed, which really means, um, you know, living together or life in community together of men and women or males and females <clears throat> related to their close contact, um, related to the fact that they are magnetically attracted, that is... Um, the natural bisexual uh, magnetism of male-female gender bodies and beings in such bodies. That's part of cosmic plan, and of course the Illuminati is trying to, uh, trying to erase and uh, dull that. Um, 
the, because of that magnetic attraction, because of bisexual reproductive processes, um, because of gender distinction in 3D, there are many opportunities for many a hives of service that can't happen to someone who stays alone, obviously. And um, Don presumes the original reason for this was then to increase opportunity for experience of the one creator. Is it correct? Ross says it's not merely correct, but it is the key to that which occurs in all densities. The increasing of opportunity for the experience of the one creator of itself. All is one. All is the one source. Uh, does bisexual reproduction or the philosophy of it play a part in the spiritual growth of second density entities? That's an interesting question. Ross said, in isolated instances, it's so due to efficient perceptions upon the part of entities or species, higher animals and plants, particularly, you know, there is mating and ritual ceremony, not ceremony maybe, but there are rituals and um, uh, instincts and, and customs of groups of, you know, apes and elephants, male-female, and uh, dogs and cats. Uh, for the greater part, however, by far, this is not the case in second density, the spiritual potentials being those of third density, spiritual potentials or spiritual growth, the growth of the spirit complex, different than the growth of mind. Uh, the growth of spirit complex or the potentials of light and consciousness itself for enhancement mainly develop in third density, not second. Uh, but there is bisexual reproduction, obviously, in second density, which does play a part in the mind-body growth of second density entities becoming harvestable to third density. And so, Ra is very exacting in, um, you know, um, explaining or uh, indicating, differentiating um, the functions of mind-body versus those of mind-body-spirit as distinct from second-density and third-density beings and their evolution. So in second-density, mind-body becomes uh, uh, incipient or germinal mind-body-spirit. Uh, and that really develops into mind-body-spirit complex more fully in third density and mo mo more fully yet when the third density mind-body-spirit being activates its integrated mind-body-spirit complex whole in a sense with its recognition of, of the choice of polarity or the possibility of pol moral choice and uh, polar polarity. And basically the integration of, you know, integrated in, in the Bailey materials called integrated personality, uh, mind-body-spirit, or physical-emotional-mental, um, now there's some integration of mind-body-spirit, um, what you're going to do with it? Well, you either go um, in love, truth, unity, or against it. And that's why Ross said there's an activation of, of mind-body-spirit complex as a whole, in a sense, with that recognition of choice or possibility of moral polarity. And then finally, and this will be the last question here of this first reading of session 13, Don's wondering if their male cat Gandalf has benefited by the mechanism, by bisexual reproduction mechanism, or benefited by that in its soul evolution. 
<clears throat> by, by that mechanism or some other mechanism, increasing spiritual potential or understanding, meaning has my cat evolved by uh, its uh, sexual life? And Ra says, we examine the information and find it harmless, so they'll speak it, it's not an infringement. Second density entity, sound vibration, Gandalf, is a rare example, example of its species, cat, due first to previous individualization, secondly due to a great amount of investment uh, in this particular life experience, meaning um, reception of love, um, love uh, energy, care from, from Carla and the others in the home, um, in that incarnation, uh, differentiating that the, its individuation, individualization. And Ross said, this is the greatest catalyst in this entity's progress. It's very unusual, as we have said. However, the experiences of bisexual reproduction, which were of the nature of the entity Gandalf, were to a small extent a spiritual benefit. Due to an unusual relationship with another entity, this also what you call a cat. This entity also being of an unusually third density orientation or investment from previous life experiences, thus the formation of what could be seen to be recognizably love did exist in this relationship. And that's very interesting. So their cat, Gandalf, um, was uh, obviously a higher, you know, perhaps harvestable second density being. Uh, had had um, significant previous individualization, still a cat, okay? But we're not talking about a human in a cat's body. We're talking about a highly evolved second density being in a cat's body. With previous individualization, or in, you know, some greater development of sphere complex, I'd imagine. And then, two, also great amount of investment, which means love, uh, attention in this lifetime, but that's the greatest catalyst in its progress, more so than its sexual life. However, um, uh, while experiences of bisexual reproduction, sexual life, um, which were of the nature of Gandalf, were to a small extent of spiritual benefit, uh, however, they were. <laughs> the, its sexual or relationship experience with another cat was also of some small or significant spiritual benefit due to another relationship, an, un an unusual relationship with another entity, which was also unusually third-density-oriented or invested from previous life. So uh, Gandalf had previous, significant previous individualization as an animal. In the current life, had serious, significant, major investment of love from Carla and the group also met another cat who also had significant investment from its own past animal life, which may not have been a cat, you see. And um, the other cat also was a, of unusual or high development as an animal, unusually third-density orientation, meaning uh, harvestable, it seems, into 3D. So both of those cats were highly developed, and of course, it's no accident that they met, and of course, it's no accident that those cats were um, in the sphere of, of LNL group, which invested them much with love. And by that love investment comes um, development of the spirit complex and individualization increasing. And so love individualizes 
when the child is given attention and care um, with love unconditional acceptance they develop a strong and healthy sense of self a positive sense of me uh, so love <clears throat> provides a healthy sense of self to animals and cats as well as to children um, and so that's the power of love one of the powers of love so anyway that's all we'll do for today session 30 thank you very much for listening thank you much for being here next time we'll talk a little bit more solar system history astronomy and that'll be it uh, and um, maybe we'll do some recap or even uh, add questions and answers regarding <clears throat> cosmology astronomy um, physics metaphysics so um, and that'll finish us in the next talk on session 30 thanks again for being here I appreciate it see you next time and good night